Happy Juneteenth. Today, Monday, June 19th, is Juneteenth. Celebration of slaves being removed from slavery two years after the Emancipation Proclamation. Hey, let's talk about it. Greetings, leaders, and welcome to another episode of Leadership is Podcast. This is season four, episode five. I am your guest, uh, your host, pardon me, Jason Muhammad, founder of JM Leadership Development. Hi, I'm Lakivia Johnson, also known as Lucky, and I am the founder and lead education catalyst for STEPS Academic Advising and Education, LLC. Thanks so much for joining today. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess I still have guests uh, on my mind because I was uh, one of the guest presenters at a, um, it was the, the fatherhood, um, it was the 2023 North Carolina fatherhood conference, uh, here in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, um, today. So still kind of, yeah, still kind of got some of that on my mind there. So, but anyway, Hey, listen, we're talking about Juneteenth. We're talking about a celebration of heritage, you know, uh, Juneteenth, 2023. So what, what are your thoughts about that? How do, how do you feel? And, and happy Juneteenth to you. Happy Juneteenth to you and happy Father's Day to you and all of your listeners and everyone you celebrated with today. Happy Father's Day. Mm, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, you are so welcome. Juneteenth. So... <laughs> I probably am not alone when I, matter of fact, I'm not even going to say I'm probably, I know for a fact I am not alone when I say that for me, Juneteenth is a new holiday to celebrate. You know, Juneteenth originated in Texas. It's a big thing in Texas and, you know, around the U.S. and some other places as well. But, you know, I was born in Augusta, Georgia. I lived in Georgia for a big part of my life and I had never heard of that holiday. I didn't even know there was a time when slaves were emancipated and some of them didn't know anything about it. So for me, I'm embracing it by, you know, attending activities and by learning and just trying to become more knowledgeable about, you know, where we came from as a people. Yeah, absolutely. So that makes a lot of sense now why you got so much soul because you're from James Brown's stumping area, you know, <laughs> Augusta, Georgia there. So good, good, good. I, me, myself, I don't know if you ever knew this, but I was born and raised in Fort Valley, Georgia. It's, you know, just right down the street from you. Today's episode of Leadership Is Podcast is brought to you in part by JM Leadership Development, where we help organizations to fill or build their leadership bench. If you would like to have a half hour discussion on how we can do that, please do not hesitate to reach out. You can email us at thejasonamohammed at gmail.com and we will respond promptly. Always remember, leadership is influence and service. Yeah, born and raised there until I was 21, I think, and I left, moved to North Carolina. Really? Yep. Oh, I always thought you were from uh, 
Minneapolis? I, Where did that come from? I claim Minneapolis because of the fact that I lived there for 13 years and I learned so much uh, from there. And when I, you know, came to Asheville, North Carolina, you know, many people ask me, well, where did you move here from? So I say, you know, Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and it just kind of stuck. Mm. So did you actually move from Minneapolis or did you move from Georgia? I moved from Minneapolis <laughs> to North Carolina. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, but I was okay, born cool. and raised in Fort Valley, Georgia. Wow. So you kind of have been in different places, you know, all up and down. So how do you feel about Juneteenth? Did you know about this holiday? I not, like growing up from, like, when did this holiday even start? Like, growing up in Georgia, you know, up until I was 21, knew absolutely nothing about Juneteenth celebration. Uh, you know, even when I was getting into uh, learning things about Zionism and imperialism and capitalism and, mm-hmm. all, you know, all of that, I still didn't hear Juneteenth. Just never, you know, never came up. So it's interesting. How long has that actually been? You know, a celebration. How long have people really been celebrating? I know it just recently became like a federal holiday. Um, right. But, I mean, how long has that been something that people have been celebrating? <laughs> I think it's interesting you ask. So, the Smithsonian Museum now has a um, museum called the National Museum of African American History and Culture. And um, they actually tell us about the historical legacy of Juneteenth on their website, if you want to Google them. Um, And I would be inclined to say that Juneteenth has been celebrated from the time those slaves knew they were free. So um, according to the Smithsonian and the National Museum of African American History and Culture, Juneteenth is often over excuse me Juneteenth is an often overlooked event in our nation's history as we were just saying ourselves we didn't know anything about it on June 19th 1865 okay so we're gonna say that was the first time they celebrate yeah. <laughs> wow. on June 19th 1865 Union troops freed enslaved African Americans in Galveston Bay and across Texas some two and a half years after President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. (laughs) So, Jason, what this means is that the law had not just changed in Galveston Bay. What happened was the slave owners didn't tell the slaves they were free. Yeah. So, while other slaves knew, they didn't. The message never got to them. So, they, they were still enslaved. So at this particular time, this is when basically the word was out for everybody. Can you imagine what that must have been like? Yeah, that's 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 got to be like to find out. It, that's almost like a man or a woman finding out that their husband or wife has a family with children that they didn't know about. It's in other words, it's the shock and awe that happens. Like to know that all of the rest of your kind of people, your people have been free for two years. And, you know, you're thinking about the kind of progress you probably could have made in two years, you know, and now you got to start over and you got to find out, like, what are people doing? Will people accept me because I've been a slave two years longer than them? 
the whole mindset mm. that's going to come about from that. That 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 just had to have been, uh, uh, you know, detrimental. That just had to have been destructive and and just annoying, you know, as well. <laughs> so the grandmother of Juneteenth, as she is called, also her real name is Opal Lee. So they call her the grandmother of Juneteenth because she was super adamant and persistent about trying to get Juneteenth to be a federal holiday. Um, in fact, um, the organization that I am working with right now just did a presentation and I didn't know that she in her 80s walked all the way from Texas to DC <laughs> on foot, okay? to try to set a message and to try to basically start a movement yes like you're gonna have to learn more about her so this was really interesting and that's leadership i know she also that's leadership leader yeah okay (laughs) she's also written a book called juneteenth a children's story so we're gonna have to check that out um but because of her persistence eventually now for us you know nothing ever really happens the first time around So that walk didn't do much, you know, that first time, but she did get people to help. And she actually got a a petition signed to have um, Juneteenth recognized as a federal holiday. This woman who we call, or who is known as the grandmother of Juneteenth, Opal Lee. So finally on June 17th, 2021, President Joe Biden signed Juneteenth into um, bill, you know, making it a federal holiday. Right. Yeah. So that's how we got that. Yeah, that's good. Now, yeah, it was great. But to your point, like when you're talking about, can you imagine how they felt? Like, would they be accepted? You know, they're still enslaved and they're just getting this news all late. You know, I never really thought about it from that perspective. But one thing that I have thought about, um, and I, I learned some about this when I watched Roots, right? So, um, saw the old one for the first time, but never even heard of that before. Um, I actually had the opportunity to attend the Children Defense Fund's Youth Advocacy Leadership Program during this time. And I have to tell you about this. We did this on in Clinton, Tennessee on Alex Haley's estate. So what used to be Alex Haley's estate, now the Children's Defense, the Children's Defense Fund owns it. But Alex Haley is the author of Roots, right? As we know it. (laughs) Um, He's author of Roots. And so I have to tell you, when I went to the Youth Advocacy Leadership Training, they taught us about slavery. I actually um, was in the training with someone from Hawaii who cried afterwards because she didn't know anything about slavery. I did not believe her. I said, you're kidding me. I was like, who doesn't know about slavery? And oh my gosh, like, was I slapped in the face by my biases thinking everybody knew about slavery? Everybody doesn't know about slavery. And she said, Evia, no, I'm serious. I was never taught that in Hawaii. In Hawaii, we learn about Hawaiian government. We learn Hawaiian history. I never knew anything about slavery. So that was like devastating to me. What was also devastating to me was this um, underground railroad simulation we did. Mm. Can you imagine? Mm. So we're on Alex Haley's estate. Are you familiar with the book, Bruce? Okay, so it's about Kunta Kinte and how important it is to try to keep his family, his family name, 
He was stolen from his family royalty where he was from in Africa, brought over as a slave, and basically was adamant about the fact that he was not going to be called. That's right. And he made it a point to make sure that he taught the family that he had his descendants who they were. Right. So, yeah. So here we are on Haley Mm -hmm. Farm. So it is called Haley Farm. And we're doing, you know, the underground simulation. Underground simulation is on Haley Farm on acres, right? So I think we actually did about a fourth of a mile in this run. So we really, Jason, we really were running on the farm as if we were runaway slaves, okay? We had dogs barking at us. We had guns shooting at us. The sounds of it. We were running through creeks in the water because all of this is on the land. And our safe spaces were when we stopped to talk to people and these people told us where to go next. And that was the Underground Railroad part of it. Until I did that, I didn't even really understand what the Underground Railroad was. Mm -hmm. So, definitely did that. And I really wanted to take advantage of that. So, I really put my head in that space and was just like, what would this be like? Can you imagine Harriet Tubman ran all the way from the south to Canada? Mm, mm, mm. One fourth of a mile. I was, I was like in shock, Jason. Somebody running with me lost his shoe. And we're complaining on his brand new shoe that he ran through the mud. They told him not to do that. But you know, people people are harder than sometimes. They said, don't bring your brand new stuff. No, he brought his brand new shoe, ran through the mud, lost it. (laughs) But then we're like, how can we sit here and complain about that when in real life they didn't even have right. shoes? Yeah, can you have you ever seen this no. movie called Sankofa? No, yeah, what's you that? should look that up. It's it's about this lady who was, you know, this um, black lady who was very privileged, um, and she was a model, and she would talk about, you know, uh, her people that were in lower class she would kind of dog them out she was acting you know super super bougie uh unapproachable mm-hmm. um a mere, let me see what's this i think it is the the uh caribbean uh poet um amira morocco um was oh i heard yeah he yeah. was also an actor uh in this movie and and oh. what happens is she goes through Back in time, through the uh, the the, the you know, what is the um, I forget the name of it. I think it's on the coast of Africa, where the last you know um, area where they were free before they were put on slave ships. The little cave, the little tunnels that were there yeah. on the coast. Well, anyway, so mm-hmm. she went through there uh, as a. Um, as a, a tour, a tourism, you know, tourism site, and she went through it and ended up mm-hmm. going through time because she did something and she bumped her head, and then she ended up going through time. And when she woke up, she woke up as a slave. Mm. And so it took her through all of the. There was no like reenactment of slavery. She actually, you know, according to the movie, went back in time into slavery because she had connected mm-hmm. when she bumped her head to the slave you know trade and to the slave experience mm-hmm. and when she came out mm-hmm. of that experience she came out you know a totally new person woke person you know 
um, and awakened, awakened person. Awakened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, actually, and you know, I'm glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that. Stop saying yeah, woke. Can we sound more intelligent? Let's say there awakened. You go. Okay. I, I want you to kind of give us some clarity on that because I've been hearing that so much. You know, the woke movement and we woke. And, <laughs> so if you can, you know. Uh, shed a little light on that please oh my gosh so (laughs) I am not the expert on being woke (laughs) or woke culture but I think I kind of understand what it means and I think it means that I don't know maybe I'm saying I don't know so maybe I don't I understand that it means you're just more alert to the cultural culture going on that's what how I've interpreted Uh but I really have not sat down with the scholar who says they're woke so we're going to start right there with okay. that. <laughs> That's a great place to start. Um, it is. Um, I actually coined Awakened from an author, a professor that I talk to you about all the time. Her name is Joan Marcus. I hope we can get her on the okay. show one day. But um, I actually, as a leadership student, ran across her article. And the first time I was ever exposed to her, I pulled up this article called The Awakened Leader and just fell in love with this person. I was like, who is this writer? And what really kind of got me the conversation that she was having, because I'd never heard of awakened leadership before. I've heard of the transformational leader. I've heard of the charismatic leader. I've heard of the, you know, transactional. We can go on and on, but I'd never heard of the awakened leader before. So that definitely caught my attention. And in this article, she talks about um, the Buddha. And how someone came up to him and said, wow, you're like basically um, radiating in light. Like basically he was shining, I guess is kind of what she's writing and from my memory of the writing. And um, they wanted to know why he looked like that. You know, and he said, I'm awakened. You know, this is how he responded. And... I like that term and the reason why I said okay well you're not woke you're awakened is because I've interpreted woke to mean that you're trying to say you're alert that you're trying to say that you're paying attention to what's going on around you that you're trying to say you're empathetic sympathetic that you have high emotional intelligence that you care about other people and that you're intelligent and you know woke (laughs) in a word by itself does not make us sound intelligent (laughs) but what we can say to say the same thing is awakened Mm. and I got that from her and I kept it and so now anytime I hear someone say woke like they have the anti-woke culture (laughs) in Florida (laughs) we're just independent (laughs) educational um, consultants association the other day and I had to interject you know they were talking about all the bad things going on down there and you know um, how we need to be really concerned about safety and of course the whole conversation about the anti-woke I had to interject now I'm 100% on board with keeping everybody safe and I was not trying to be disrespectful but I had to say you know what y'all I'm (laughs) anti-woke I am I am (laughs) I am anti the word woke too let's say we're awake Understood. Well, so I, I love the way you say that. I love the way you said that. So that that's an excellent perspective. So, yeah, we're part of the awakened movement. We're part of the. Oh, you yeah. got it. Woo! I like the yeah, way you said yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we're part of the awakened movement, and 
we would like to awaken others uh, to the fact that that's what we are. So, oh, you got that so yes, right. Ma'am, absolutely, I appreciate. Well, I have a great teacher, so there we go. Oh, we're, we're teaching yes, each ma'am. other. I got to come back go to this and tell you about the my my um, yes. transition and growth from doing the underground right, railroad right, simulation. Right. So came back from that like, wow, this was just a test. I can't believe people did that in real life. You know, they didn't even, some people got killed and all this stuff. So then I promised myself that if the movie Roots ever came on, I was going to watch it because I'd heard of it my whole life, but never seen it. So watch the old one. And actually, um, a new one was remade a few years ago. So it was a whole mini series. And because I made that promise, I watched that too. That is when I kind of learned, I fell in love. Okay. I was already in love with the whole experience I had at Haley Farm. But fell even more in love with that culture and just, you know, how they have overcome and how pieces of their courage is now in me. And what gets me the most about Juneteenth is that, yes, these people found out that they were free. But as I learned from Roots in the whole documentary they did after that new Roots, they were free. But where were they to go? Matter of fact, in Roots, they're freed. So you see at the end of the movie where they're no longer slaves anymore. And guess what? They end up staying on the plantation because they don't have anywhere to go. Some of them were working for their, so they were working for like, then they became cheap labor, right? So no, I'm not going to pay you, you know, $2 an hour to do this work for me when you used to do it for free, even though they would pay somebody else that amount. You were my slave. I'll give you two cents. So what were they to do afterwards? You know, thank God they were free. But now this is where we all starts with the whole civil rights movement, segregation. And it's like with the Juneteenth and being a part of this awakened culture, I'm going to tell you, I now having this conversation with you is now settling in my heart to believe that that Juneteenth holiday is part of, and has to be a part of, our awakened culture because that is where that light comes on and it says and you know what happened after that Mm. don't you we're still fighting for equality so let me ask you a question uh when you watched both of the roots because i watched the old one i did not watch the new one um in hindsight well in retrospective uh did they you know for lack of a better term, did they whitewash the new one? Did they, you know, did they water it down, in other words? No, I don't feel that okay. way at all. In fact, um, T.I., he's a he's a famous rapper here um, from Atlanta, Georgia. He was actually in that series. And, like, to me, sometimes when you have rappers in there, it certainly is to try to <laughs> embrace the black community or to attract right. them more. So I would not say that at all. Like I even had kids watching it. Like they were like, whoa, this is so good. And so like, if you can pull it up, like on Hulu, most likely it's probably on some place like that and just yeah. speak to it. It was so good. I think it was over like four okay. days. Um, It was amazing. And I mean, now we have, and this is before Juneteenth was a yeah. holiday actually yeah. too. So now we have this Juneteenth holiday and if you go back 
you'll be able to that's what roots is about you'll be able to trace all of that and now you see juneteenth these people are finally finding out two years after the fact that they don't have to be in chains anymore but now that the chains are off they're still like trapped because they're like where are we gonna go what are we supposed yeah, to do yeah yeah and now here we are yeah, that's, today that's a powerful that's a powerful statement and powerful perspective and it, and it reminds me of you know chicken george who you know being a descendant of kuta kente as his mother was Absolutely. kizzy who was the daughter of uh you know yeah. kuta kente um when he uh yeah. actually ended up freeing his family but do you remember in the movie at the point where he realized i'm not your friend i'm not you know a real equal co-worker i am your slave even though I am your son. <laughs> Do you remember the, the, the scene in there where he found out that the guy he was fighting chickens with was in fact his father and then how the guy said, oh, I got a slew of y'all like all over this, this county. You know what I mean? And so he thought he was special, but then he found out how right. he became uh, you know his father through mm-hmm. the through the the you know through the process of, of mm-hmm. forceful relationships, right? And making him and he got angry about that, and then that's when he really embraced the ideology of his grandfather that we must be free. And so you're speaking from the old yeah. one, the new one. I don't believe goes into 100% depth. I would give that probably on a scale of zero to 100% of exactly identical, probably like 85% because that definitely comes up and there's definitely, and it's been a few years since that came out and watched it, but that, that comes up that feeling where, Hey, not only am I not them, (laughs) I'm not you either. So this otherness, right? Because he always was different, quote unquote, different, you know. And I will say, as somebody who had spent some time in the foster care system later in my teenage years, I was called different too. And I believe that it come. I don't believe I know that came from me having been raised by my parents most of the time, being raised by my mom most of the time, as opposed to somebody who wasn't right so now I'm quote unquote different now I never embraced that thought because as far as I was concerned just like chicken George from the old one we have to be free (laughs) we are now okay I may have come from a different background I may be here because of a different reason but at this very moment I'm the same as you and guess what I don't want to be in a bad situation any more than you do so it's for us together to get ourselves out of that so thinking forward it's like okay we are so blessed that so many people have died have made sacrifices and not just black people white people um all kinds of race people who have contributed and risked their lives and given up their lives to ensure equal equality and to give us rights and to make sure that we're treated with dignity and respect and I am just of that whole mentality, like Chicken George, um, like Opal Lee. Like now is still not the time to right. give up. Now we have so many more opportunities and so many options. Like the chains are off. 
We might still be chained in different places here and there and there and here, but we have options now and we have a choice. We're not stuck up against the wall like we were in the past where we couldn't do anything. Now there are things that we can do. There are people who will help us do them. So it's like, what's yeah, next? Absolutely. What's next for you? What's next for me? What's next for us? What's next for the awakened community? That's right. We're free. That's right. And and with freedom comes great responsibility. Amen yeah. to that. I comes agree with that. Great responsibility. Yep. So listen, uh, happy Juneteenth. Yes, sir. Uh, to everyone that's listening to this happy Juneteenth to my sister in the struggle of leadership podcasting uh, and you know wow. and just just you know know that uh, I've been educated today uh, from Opal Lee uh, and uh, yeah. you know and my awakened co-host uh, who's teaching us you know more on Juneteenth <laughs> and what the principle of Juneteenth you know, really is, is because once they found out, right, right. that they were free, what did they do with that freedom? Yes, that's how a lot of people in slavery got into sharecropping, um, because, you know, Mm. it was like, okay, we've been working for you all our lives, we don't know what to do other than work for you, we don't know where to go other than here well you can't stay here for free and uh we can't make you uh stay here and do work for free so it's an you know supposedly an even swap change you know with sharecropping but unfortunately it wasn't like that because you know uh, the people that were doing some of the people that were doing the sharecropping do you know that this is how uh, uh generational debt accumulated with us as a people as black people it's because we ended up being in debt because when they planted the crop okay so we're going to do sharecropping right you're going to be on this land Mm -hmm. but now you got to pay rent on this land you can't stay here for free you got to pay rent so how are you going to pay rent well you're going to pay rent from the proceeds that you get from your crop but now how are you going to get seeds So where's the money going to come from from that? So therefore, they fronted them a lot of this stuff. And then when, right? (laughs) Right, of course. And then, (laughs) you know, I'm I'm sorry, you know, language from old old times. Um, So then when they... That means means they loaned. (laughs) So slave masters loaned the slaves the money and the material and everything. So basically, they still owed them. Exactly. (laughs) And we're making and literally sharing exactly, exactly. <laughs> of what the so owners. here's a people that was brought into Former. slavery, did 400 years of free labor, and then became emancipated. And by the time they were able to leave the plantation, they were in debt. Like, that's just crazy. <laughs> You know what? And I think what's even crazier is that it would seem and it would feel like in our blood and our genes, we would have a natural green thumb or even be excited to plant something. But I'm going to tell you (laughs) something. Did you know that in agriculture right now, like there aren't a lot of people of color? Yeah, we didn't want to do it no more. Yeah, we didn't want to do it no more. Oh my God. I read the Antoine Fisher book. Let me tell you. Yeah. (laughs) You have to read this Antoine Fisher memoir. 
So it sticks in my head right now that he was in the Navy and he got into this fight. He's talking about this time he got into this fight with someone who was um, a Navy man with him. And the reason why is because this guy said something to him about cotton. And the remark was something like, um, I don't know what it is with you people in cotton. So they end up getting into this fight <laughs> because obviously he didn't like that comment. And to me, what's sad about that is like, it makes me think of this old, this show that I used to watch like years ago called Queen Sugar. They own all this property, all this land and grow sugar cane. Like that should have been something natural. That should have been something that we were strong at. But now we're trying to get people back into it because I think in some ways there's a stigma with black people in cotton. Like, I mean, <laughs> let's just keep it real, yeah. right? I mean, it's like, I'm not picking that. You yeah. know you know what That's I mean? A real like, thing. It's weird, That's... you know? And I mean, it might be super bougie to even say that, but there's still obviously even feelings for me. And I come from an interracial family where the thought at, you know, picking cotton. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Even for pay, it's kind of like degrading. Yeah, I'm going to tell you something. If I owned a cotton field uh, or co owned a cotton field, I'm going to pick some cotton and I'm going to make some money <laughs> because I think it's hypocritical hey. to say that you won't pick cotton, but you'll wear a okay. cotton t shirt. Hey, you know what? Some, somebody right had to that. take their cotton in order for you to wear this cotton somebody t-shirt. Somebody did it. And so for you to say, so we hey. really have to question that, yeah. right? Uh, you know, I, and, and, and I'm going to tell you something. Me being uh, about to turn right. 53 in a couple of weeks, I've picked cotton before. Coming up from Georgia, I've picked cotton before. You know? And I've run in the Underground <laughs> Railroad. There you go, so. look. <laughs> there you go. So we, hey, look, so we both had some sort of experience of what our forefathers and, you know, our ancestors have gone through. And it's no easy right. thing. No easy thing at all. So a lot of us right oh. now, we have the luxury of saying what we would have done if we were back in those days. Man, they couldn't have put me in no... And so, so, no, you have that mindset now because people have fought and died for you to have that freedom of mindset that you have. But you don't know what you would have done if you was put in that position to survive. Yeah, we are so blessed. And that's why for me, I actually, you know, at my company, Steps Academic Advising and Education, I always say we do more. And I say we do more for so many reasons. First of all, you know, yes, and in, 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 as it concerns this conversation, I am a representative of a black woman. We do more. I'm a representative of a woman. We do more. I'm a representative of a scholar. We do more. That's right. I'm a representative of an entrepreneur. <laughs> That's right. We do more. You know, and we do more, quote unquote, we because now we can and we choose to this isn't something that I have mm. to do anymore this is something I choose to do because my ancestors gave me the ability to and not only do I have the ability to do more by my choice I have the ability to earn more by my choice I have the ability to be recognized by my choice because I've chosen to do more 
because I've chosen to take advantage of the opportunity that was created for me that people have died to give to me. So I'm not going to do nothing because I do more. There you go. Well, listen, Lucky, I have definitely enjoyed this conversation as I always do. Uh, as we are imparting knowledge, wisdom, and understanding on leadership and leadership principles, right? Because many people yes. may be looking for it to yes. just be on some corporate topics, but if you're looking for leadership, leadership is influence and service, and so that's what it's right. that's what leadership is really all about. And so we're discussing the principles that you know coming from the roots perspective and coming from the Juneteenth as we're celebrating Juneteenth you know today so uh on the 19th here so listen uh thank you so much uh, uh for imparting your knowledge and your wisdom and understanding on us and at, once again you know just just thank you thank you again I mean Jason you're right as leaders we do more so I want to let you close that out but I'm just going to thank everybody, you know, thanks for listening. Um, as leaders, the conversations just isn't about our leadership style. It's about our traits. It's about what's important to us. It's about our values. It's about our transparency and having these conversations because as leaders, we do more. If you would ever like to have a consultation with me, if you have some educational plans or some ideas about going back to school or you want to talk about or, or need a coach to help stay in school, definitely reach out to me, um, www.stepsacademicadvising.com. I'll be more than happy to sit with you. Happy Juneteenth. Thank you so much for listening. We do more. Much success. Jason, Yes, ma'am. Take us Thank home. you so much, Lucky. And once again, uh, this is Jason Muhammad, founder of JM Leadership Development. And if you would like to have a half-hour conversation with us on how we can help your organization to fill or build your leadership bench or your succession or your next generation leaders, please do not hesitate to reach out. You can reach us via email at thejasonamohammed at gmail.com. And always remember, leadership is influence and service. <laughs>